You're listening to Resurrection South Austin, a community of faith, learning to do life together in the goodness of God. For more information, you can find us online at resaustin.com. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God is its light. In the name of God, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Y'all can have a seat. The city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it. Can you picture that? For the glory of God is its light. Good morning, Resurrection. Good morning, everybody. Happy sixth week. This is the final week of Eastertide. I'm kind of bummed. I mean, we've been partying pretty hard. I'm proud of you guys. We've run the marathon of Easter, uh, and I think we could still keep going, but happens to be this is the sixth week. It's also the sixth week, the final week of our series, All Things New. And I don't know if you've been for here for all, but we've looked at all of these readings throughout creation as kind of this glimpse into God make, the reality of God making all things new. That's where we've been. Well, this week, um, we, we get this kind of a further peak uh, of the resurrection of Jesus unfolding and God's plan of redemption that's underway in our lives, but also in our city. God is making the city new. So this is the final chapters, uh, chapter 21 and chapter two, uh, 22 of Revelation. And for us, after reading through all of Revelation, this, these last chapters are kind of like coming into a clearing. Like we've been kind of slashing our way through the jungle, getting little glimmers, getting little peaks. And finally, we come to this vista, a clearing in the wood, where we get to see this heavenly city that is coming out of heaven. And God dwelling among his people. That's what we get to see. And what we're going to, in particular, look at this morning is that what, what, what all this means. What does it mean that there is a city now in which all of history is racing forward to, where God dwells with his people? He will be their God, and they will be his people. What does that mean for us today? That's what we're going to look at uh, this morning. So we're going to take a look. In, if you have your Bibles, um, Revelation 21 is where we're going to begin in verse 10. And I'm just going to walk us through it this morning. It's packed, so we've got a lot of work to do. You got there's a lot going on here. Okay, verse 10. John describes this, being carried away to a great high mountain. Any hikers? Yeah, can appreciate this? Anybody been outside? Um, okay, so carried away to a great high mountain and showed the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. Kids, kids, can I have your attention? Children? Um, no, children. What's up, children? Yeah, I'm talking to you. Um, this is really hard for adults to picture, but something about kids is they have this really um, enchanted and loaded imagination. We can say, and they saw a, a city of heaven coming, a city of God coming down out of heaven. Kids can picture that. They can see that so richly. So kids, we're going to be describing this image throughout Revelation 21 and 22, if you can hear me and listening. I want you to just picture it for us, okay? And, and if you have parents who are like, yeah, right, this isn't, that's not going to happen. Just give them a little nudge. Explain to them what it is that we're talking about, because I know you guys can see it really well. So we, we see this picture in verse 10, being carried to a great high mountain. And kids, we see this holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven, this beautiful picture. And we stop right there and realize that we have arrived now at the end of Scripture, the canon of Scripture, chapter 21 of Revelation. We have arrived now at probably, it is the last, but it's also probably the greatest image of the new creation that we have seen thus far. N.T. Wright says it like this. He says, this is the pro most profound vision of salvation that we see in Scripture at this point, of cosmic renewal in the entire Bible. Here it is. We finally come through the wood and we see this heavenly city. So what's, what's the big deal? Why is this so amazing? We've 
seen amazing things in scripture. Why is this picture of a city so amazing? Well, for the first time, now think about this. For the first time since the garden in Genesis, we see God's dwelling among his people. We see the reunification, the marriage of heaven and earth, reunited once again, brought back together. Not only that, not only do we see this marriage, the divorce is over in this picture. The marriage has come back together. Heaven and earth is reunited. God with his people. Not only that, but this view, what you have to understand, is locked and loaded to reject, utterly reject, every single worldview, every would-be picture and belief of salvation that incorrectly sees the end of time, the end goal, the final thing to be the divorce of the world from God. That's rejected in this picture. Or the physical from the spiritual, that's done away with in this picture. From earth and from heaven, where sin has divorced those things in this picture, we see the reunification in the heavenly city. This is dramatic. This city is the final answer to the prayer that we pray every week. In the Lord's Prayer, what do we pray? That your kingdom would come and your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. Think about this. This is the final answer and the fulfillment, the realization of that prayer. This is what Paul, all over the place, because I want you guys to catch the breadth of which this is like scooping up all of the narrative of scripture. Paul in Ephesians 1 verse 10, he says that the plan for the fullness, uh, God's plan for the fullness of time is to gather up all things in him. Things in heaven and things on earth. You see that? Being gathered up in Jesus Christ. This is the picture of the gospel being fulfilled. Right here. We see it. God reconciling all things. All things in heaven and on earth. Bringing it together in himself. This is the city of God. Where heaven and earth are once and for all reunited. It's done. It's finished. The entire narrative of scripture. If we can come look back and see the writings of Moses and the prophets, the minor and prophets, the kings, all of the narrative of scripture is coming forward and converging at this one point in the heavenly city that has now come out of heaven. God's dwelling with his people. He is their God and they are his people. You see that? The marriage of heaven and earth. It's profound. This is the city of God. So this is what we're going to look at today. Already, verse 10, we've gotten that far. We haven't even really gotten very far into it, guys. So here we go. We're pushing on. It's interesting, though, that the very next verse, the very first thing we start to hear of a description about, okay, this city's fantastic. What's in the city? The very first verses that we see in this city are a description of what he doesn't see. Did you notice that? Verse 22, he says, I saw no temple in the city. For its temple is the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb. And again, and the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, like Elena read for us. For the glory of God is its light, and its lamp is the Lamb. No temple, no sun, no moon. Why? Because before, the temple was kind of like a sacrament. It was a signpost of the presence and the reality of God himself among his people. That's what the temple did. When you'd walk around Jerusalem and you look up and see the temple, you could say, God is not somewhere else. God is with his people. But now when the reality of God himself is really with his people, there's no need for these signposts. There's no need for these temples to remind us that God is present. Why? Because he's in your face. He's right there. There's no avoiding it. The reality of the presence of God is among us in this city. There's no doubt that he's present. Imagine that. There's no like, you know, I believe, help my unbelief kind of stuff. There's no blurry faith. 
God is present. He's with his people. In the city of God, here's one of the realities of the city of God, is that God is so present with his people that we are all aware of it. And that changes everything. All of reality is changed. So that's one thing, what we don't see and what that means. We also see this, the very next uh, section of verses in verse 23 and 24. He says, he sees the nations. Now Thomas, where's Thomas, political science PhD? Check this out, okay? This is scandalous right here. We also see the nations, the powers, governments, politicians, and rulers. Now check this out. You You of all people could appreciate this. Walking by the light of the glory of God. Can you imagine that? opening up that Twitter feed and seeing on CNN. Hey, check it out. All the candidates are now walking by the light of the glory of God. (laughs) That would be amazing to see. Hear our prayer, Lord. Seriously, though. Walking by the light of the glory of God. All the glory that people sought for themselves, all the, the glory that the nations wanted to win for themselves is now brought into the city and laid at, laid at the feet of God. Because it's all his. All his glory. All his beauty. Can you picture this? The nation streaming into this heavenly city that has come to earth. The gates are open, it says. Gates are always open. They're never closed. What does that mean? Well, what are gates for? When would you close gates? You're trying to keep somebody out? Maybe there's a threat. There are no outsiders. There's nothing that threatens the city of God. There's no danger at hand. And in fact, the only outsiders are those who make themselves outsiders. Certain things are excluded from this city. But the gates are wide open. Interesting. Those who believe they can have the good life apart from the Lamb, the King, Jesus Christ, they're the ones who make themselves the outsiders. We, in fact make ourselves outsiders of this beautiful city when we refuse again and again to participate with God's good way of doing things. His beautiful and true way of doing things in the world. When we refuse to participate in that, we make ourselves outsiders of this city. When we think, now listen to this, when we think that we know better, when we think we know what's best for our city, for our family, for human flourishing in the world than God himself, we make make ourselves outsiders of his plan. We make make ourselves outsiders of this city. But the truth is this. What's best, and we see this right here in this image, what's best for human flourishing in the neighborhood like South Austin, in our city like the greater Austin, our nation like the United States, what's best for all of that is God's kingdom. His way of doing power. His way of truth-telling. His way of loving one another. God's kingdom is what's best for it. His plan for salvation for our nation, for the city, for our neighborhood, is God's way of doing things. And that's what we see crystal clear here in Revelation. Y'all with me? Man. And all of those things, this is good news, nothing's going to get away in the way of this. All of those things are actually going to be swept up into God's way of doing things. They can participate now. They can refuse now. But eventually what's going to happen is God's way of doing things will take place. It will be swept up. Look at this in in, uh, chapter 22, verse 1 and 2, continuing on. Then it says this. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal. Kids, can you see a river bright as crystal? Man, that sounds amazing. Flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. It's a great flood. That's the kind of flood you want in the middle of the street of the city. 
On either side of the river, now picture this, is the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit. Oh man, there's lots, of, there's lots going on there. Tree of life, 12 kinds of fruit. How many tw- tribes of Israel? So much going on. Let's not go there. There's a lot going on there. Producing its fruit each month and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. Oh, come on now. I could just read Revelation and be done. The Genesis Garden. We're seeing it again, aren't we? We're seeing it brought back into fruition, being made new in the city of God. From the very beginning, in God's mind, in his heart, this is what he's bringing to fruition. This is where history is headed. This made new garden in the city of God. In this garden, we have the peace, healing of the nations. True peace. We have true human flourishing. We have that here in the city of God. You know what we have in the city of God? What we talk about all the time? Life together in the goodness of God. When we say that, it's our vision at resurrection. We're after life together in the goodness of God. We're not just like being nice. Now we have a very particular image in mind. It's this image here. It's what we look forward to because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. This is the hope, the future that we're promised that we're even getting to participate in now. It's not just tucked away for some future, but we get to participate in it now. So church, here's what's key. This is what you can't miss. What we're seeing here in these pictures isn't far off. It's not even fantasy. It's not like the the lame pictures of heaven or salvation that a lot of Christians carry around with realizing that is actually not Christianity. Let me correct this for us. No harps and angels and floating in the sky kind of disembodied weirdness. No. Let's look at scripture. What does scripture show us? It shows us something very, very material, very, very human, very, very God present among them. The holy city being made new. This couldn't be more of a concrete picture, more of a material picture. It couldn't be more beautiful, in fact. This is the image of salvation where all of history is is headed. What we're getting is a glimpse, like I said at the very beginning, is this this marriage of heaven and earth. And Mike and Amber, I know we were just, you guys just got married yesterday, felt like. You guys were kids. Um, But even in that marriage ceremony, Mike, I know when you saw Amber for the first time, I was standing right next to you, brother, and it was like, it was like, you know, the holy city coming out of heaven just for you. It was moving, wasn't it? See, in those sacramental moments are pictures, they're pointers to this reality that's coming. They're not just beautiful for the sake of being beautiful, but what we get a glimpse even at your marriage is the reunification of Christ and his bride, the church, coming down out of heaven, being adorned in beauty for Christ. That's beautiful. How profound is that? So what does this mean for us now? We get this beautiful picture in Revelation. What does that mean for us now? This, this reality that we see, if we fast forward to the end of time, we would, we would be, get to see this. But it's not just tucked away in the future. I said this. The reality is the church, this, you all, here this morning, we are actually like a sacrament. Uh, and I say sacrament over and over again, but I mean like this, this sign of, of reality of God. This is not just tucked away in the future, but it's actually rushed to us in the present and realized. And how is it realized? In Christ's church. That's what we're doing here. That's why we have to use some of these things to kind of trigger our minds and our imaginations to help us see what is actually coming, what is actually true. And it's not just imminent, it's not just future, but it's being rushed to us now. And we get to participate in it now. I'll talk more about that in a second. But you have to understand, this isn't some fantasy happy ending. This is the reality of the church 
in the soil of South Austin. I wonder what that could mean, that picture of the heavenly city being realized here in the soil of South Austin. Well, it is. God's people, South Austin people, Texans, fused with the presence of God, the real presence of God in a place. He dwelling among his people. This is exactly, in fact, how scripture describes it. I'm going to keep taking you through it. It says this, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. And there will be no more night. They need no light or lamp of, uh, or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. Hmm. In God's city, all things are made new. All of us are made new. Even South Austin is being made new by the effect of God's city that's even coming. And all of this, it culminates in what? Is it, I think it's really profound, and I want us to get this. We come to worship in the morning here, not just to, like, us up and, like, send us out with, like, Jesus. We come and sing and participate, anticipating what's actually coming. We're participating in the future reality where it says in Scripture, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face. His name will be on their foreheads. When we worship as the church, we're not just trying to amp each other up. We're actually participating in reality. The reality that is rushing to us from the future, now given to us in the present. God is not somewhere else. He's present with us, even this morning. Where else in South Austin can you say that's true, other than his church? You can't. It's only in Christ's church that God has made present and his people worship him in the way that we see in Revelation. That's what's happening. Whose face will we see in the end? Whose name is going to be written on our foreheads? Who, is, who are we going to worship? Well, it's not going to be our job written on our foreheads. It's not going to be our title or our reputation or the many, things, the many wonderful things that we did with our lives. It's not going to be our balance on our bank account. That's not who we're going to worship. It's not going to be our past wounds, the ways that people have injured us and the tragedy that has marked our lives. It's not going to even be that. Those things aren't going to name us. They're not going to be before our face. We will not worship those things. They're not going to mark us. No tragedy, no reputation, none of that. The only tattoo in the city of God that will last is the one that is given to you when Christ claimed you in his baptismal waters. You are mine forever, and it's settled. His name is written on your forehead in our baptisms. We're sealed as Christ's own once and forever. That's it. Not only that, not only that do we participate in that, in that naming, that, that, that marking of God on us, but we also get to participate in the reality of God made present to us, not in some fantastic kind of way or in our hearts or in our heads, but really and truly in Holy Eucharist. We believe when we come to this table, God's word spoken over these elements, these material things, what's happening is the reunification of heaven and earth. The material and the spiritual are being made new, and God's presence is truly given to us. God promises that if it's not true, then God is a liar. Jesus has lied to us. But that's not the case. And Christians in the church throughout history always said, we believe what Jesus says over these things. He is truly present, then he is truly present. How? We have no idea. But he said he's present. And he truly is. This is the real presence of Christ given to us in the Eucharist. So what we participate in now, and this is really important, why we do the liturgy, you guys should come to the liturgy tour if you've never heard it explained. It's all a participation in the reality that is coming in this future, this salvific future of the new heaven and the new earth, the new creation. The living God has made his dwelling among his people. 
And now you and I, here in South Austin, get to share life together in the goodness of God. That's what's given to us this morning. So church, here's what I want to tell you this morning. Would you just be yourself? Would, be, would you be you, okay? Church, you be yourself. Make yourselves, uh, don't make yourselves outsiders. Don't act like you're somebody else. You've been marked. You're Christ's own forever. You are this reality of the new heavens and new earth. Come to the present, so act like it. Just be yourself. Our God is redeeming our city just outside these walls. Our neighbors, our neighborhood. You don't think that's possible? You don't think that God can redeem our neighborhood, even South Austin? Who else, let me ask you this, who else took on darkness and sin and death and trampled it by his cross and resurrection but Jesus? And he said he's making the city new. Who else is truly in power? Who else actually defines what's possible? Who possesses all authority in heaven and earth? Who else has made a people out of nothing? Who has made a people for himself to live in the hope of the resurrection? Who else has done that? Only Jesus. Only the one that we see in scripture sitting on the throne, the lamb who was slain. He's the one who's calling the shots now and for the rest of eternity. And he said, I'm making all all things new, including our city. Only Jesus. And like, this is the way I picture it in my head. I'm image driven and I still have that quote but it's still rushing through my head like tidal waves from the resurrection of Christ in the first century for our community in the city of South Austin like tidal waves the resurrection reality is still flooding into South Austin and it's washing and forming like water does our city into this image if the church participates and and is itself participating in this God making all things new even here in our neighborhood so look let's cooperate with that. Let's be those resurrection people and participate with the reality that we see in scripture. So as we come to the table this morning, as we prepare our hearts as we come to the table this morning, I want us, the the invitation to you is to let this vision of reality inform you, shape you, guide you, mold you, tell you what is actually true, what is actually coming. I know you're coming in this morning and you've had all kinds of stuff happen this week. I also know that people have spoken into your life about who you are and where things are headed, what you're worth, how your story is supposed to go. All of those things are trumped in this single story of where God is taking all of history and you're all included in it. Praise God. Our stories aren't shame and hurt or status or any of those things. No, we're all included in this beautiful city of God's redemption of all of creation. So let's be ourselves. Let's repent for instance, from the ways that we work against God's plans for our lives and for our families and for our neighborhoods and for our communities. Let's repent. Let's not work against the goodness of God in those ways. In fact, let's figure out how to realign our lives so we can participate better in what God is actually doing in our lives, in our families, in our neighborhoods, in our cities. Let's look for it. Pray for it. And all of this is possible not because we try super hard or like, you know, um, top-tier Christians or something. The way this is made possible is because Jesus in his death and his resurrection has cleared a way for us through the forgiveness of sins and freed us up to participate. We can only participate, in fact, because of what Jesus has done for us in his cross. He has given us a replenishment of faith. He's given us eyes of faith that we might see what's coming and then be able to clearly participate in it. You remember when Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father doing? The forgiveness of sins and the faith that we have in Christ gives us eyes to see what Jesus is actually doing. So his call to us is be yourself, be mine, participate in what I'm doing in your city and in your neighborhood. 
as we come to the altar this morning, let's lift our hearts up full of gratitude, repenting in those ways that we need to shift and make some changes in our life and realign our lives with the God who is making our neighborhood and our city new. The God who is the Father of all, the Spirit that fills us with life, and the Son who has redeemed all things. One God, now and forever. Amen. You're listening to Resurrection South Austin, a community of faith, learning to do life together in the goodness of God. For more information, you can find us online at resaustin.com.